Hello and welcome. Before we jump into this interview, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the GoFundMe fundraiser. If you're enjoying this series, uh, if you care about our planet and sustainability and want to do something about climate change, please um, take a look at the show notes. There will be a link to the fundraiser. Anything that you'd like to give, it's much appreciated. And thank you to all that have given so far. So without further ado, let's jump in. Jin Dobery. Hello, I am joined. That was terrible. Uh, I am joined by. <laughs> that was a good try. It was a good try. Uh, actually, I'm going to mess up your name too, but I'm going to go with Paul Corpal. The Corpal? Yeah. Corpal? Corpal? Yeah, it was, was right the first one. Very, very good, to be honest. The first one was very good, yeah. Perfect. A man dedicated to brewers, a guild champion, waving the banner high, sticking true to his roots, captain of uh, Poland 3. Oh, wait. Sorry. He's playing Alchemist. Um. How's it going, buddy? Mm, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, did some practice games today. And yeah, so very much in the groove. Yeah. You're in, you're in the groove. I like it. Again, yeah. have you, were you practicing with other people from uh, some of the other Polish teams? Oh, yeah, because two of the Polish teams are basically from one city, from one gaming club. Mm-hmm. So we play each other like once, twice a week. Mm-hmm. And now before the WTC, we try to get as many games as, as we can as many games uh yeah so today were two games uh, i got two games yesterday um so it's a grind but yeah i'm playing some many different game you know, guilds so it's okay nice uh and is the are to the two teams from warsaw or a different city yeah we are from warsaw and we also got two players from Lubin, this is the place we got the Nationals this year, and Poznań, another big city. Mm-hmm. And the last player on the third team, well, the, the second team, I guess, um, is, I think, a Belgian player, because we're missing one player after uh, registration. Mm-hmm. So we got one mercenary, yeah. Cool, nice. Um, so yeah, uh, be, I, you know, being in Poland for WTC last year, I picked up some very important Polish word, uh, and I'm gonna. I see. This is. I, I built it up, and now the pressure is on. But uh, Zivich, uh, pretty sure that was the main thing that I heard all the whole weekend. Um, have you considered, guys, considered looking into a sponsorship deal with them? Okay. So the funny thing about that is that Bartex, that he's the captain of the first Polish team. Yeah. yeah. He, he has some connections with the company. <laughs> So there is a way to get in contact with them, but we never got down to it. We also have one crazy idea, because my brewers are painted in Barcelona home colors. Uh-huh. The football team, the football yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And it was about the time I was doing very good with brewers after the image. 1.0 came out. It was the broken decimate yeah. combo. Yep, yep. <clears throat> um, yeah, I had some really good results then. We had a crazy photo to try and contact some social media manager from Barcelona and try to contact them for some spo- uh, sponsorship. But as well, we didn't go through it, through with it. But with Juviet, maybe you're thinking about some sponsors, but this year was a lot of trouble getting people for the teams. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 that could be hard. 
Um, that's funny though. I'm imagining your your pitch to uh, Barcelona uh, being like, "Hey, so we have this guy who's really good, um, and he has this team, you know, in this game, this tabletop game that's kind of soccer uh, with your team colors." And they're like, "Oh, that's really interesting." Uh, you know, so what is? Do you tell us some more about this game? Oh, so it's like soccer except for you beat people to death. And animals as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's not forget the fact that you beat animals to death. Yes, it's a, it's yeah. a great thing. You definitely want your brand associated with that. Yeah, um, that's how it's so So I was gonna. So the funny question, or the funny thing about this is, and the reason I, I mentioned it at the beginning is that, yeah, you are known as uh, as a brewer player. Um, you know, there was the time that I was, uh, or. God, when was that? That was the beginning of this year? Yeah, it was the beginning of 2019 when I was playing a bunch of brewers, took them to some uh, big events. And, uh, you know, you were definitely the the man on uh, in Europe for brewers. Um, but you are playing Alchemist now. Do you want to maybe talk about uh, that decision a little bit? Okay, so this year I went to five different nationals, I believe. Uh, five or four, I'm not sure right now. <clears throat> and never got like a satisfying result with Brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was not the fault of the team. Most of the games I lost were either because of some crazy dice or some bad decisions on my part. And one game because I didn't know the clock was going down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had 30 seconds to go after I finished my activation. I was up on points. I could win on the board, but. I played the game very badly, and I lost fair and square, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. Uh, I need a break. Okay. Just because with Brewers, it's a lot of grinding, the game's out. Yeah. You play to the very end of the clock most of the times. Um, I just want to have something fun, faster, and more more goal-scory. So that's why I went with Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Also, the changes in 4.2 made me want to play them even more. I enjoyed Midas all of season four, and with every version of Midas, he got better and better. Well, the first one wasn't amazing, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, at least. And um, 4.1 was mostly okay, but with 4.2, I think he's crazy good. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to play Alex right now. Nice. Um, and that's, and, you know, you mentioned it, so it kind of sounds like, you know, you have been playing Alchemist. Um, you know, it's not like a, obviously a, new, a completely new switch, but that is interesting. You, you know, it sounds like the, was the decision made sometime around 4.2, like the drop of 4.2 that you're like, no, you know what, I'm going to pick, I'm going to play Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Or did you know before that? I know. And this decision was made like two, like a week before the team lock, the list lock. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. um, I was going back and forth be- between Brewers and Alchemists, but when I look at my team composition, we had Farmers and Union, so two rather fighting teams. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go with a more controlly goal score team with some takeout potential with Veteran Catalyst quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and also decided that Alchemists can play very well, in my opinion, against some mm, crazy goal score teams like Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe fish, not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't, oh, and navigators, which I think are better than the numbers on Longshanks present them to be. 
You're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna be ready for all two navigators that show up that are there at the WTC. <laughs> but uh, I was considering uh, navigators to play them after Brewers. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but for now it's Alchemist it's with Midas. Sure. Yeah. Um, so okay, so the the change was pretty recent then, um, and that's always interesting. Uh, you know. How do you, uh, Ivan, you probably, you actually kind of already answered this, but how do you compensate for the fact that, yeah, like you just switched relatively recently, a couple weeks ago at this point, uh, to Alchemist? Is it now just a question of like, I need to grind out a bunch of games? Or do you already feel pretty confident with them? Well, I think in Guild Ball, as a general rule, mm-hmm. it's easier to play with something new against something you know than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you know how to play into a certain team. You know what what elements are crucial to take out or make them less dangerous for you. And with playing Brewers for the past three years, mm-hmm. I think I I know how to kill the ball rather well. Mm-hmm. You know what can be done to kill the ball. So when I get a team with four to five strikers, I know what to do to get the ball and get a goal. Mm-hmm. So. I was playing Alchemist a bit before I made it made a change, mm-hmm. but I think just experience against other teams, knowing their weaknesses, will help me out with knowing the Alchemist not as well as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's a you you hit it. A big part of it is like once you um, once you one or like have a good knowledge of the game, but two, yeah, know the other teams. Uh, the one thing that you'll be missing out is like that kind of automatic knowledge of like playbook choices and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, uh, like you'll, you'll strategy wise and tactics wise, you'll know largely what to do, even if you switch guilds. And that's, I mean, for me, I've switched guild. I switch guilds all the time. Uh, and people always like, I, I was playing somebody the other day on Vassal and I, you know, we finished our game up and, I was like, yeah, that was like my second game of Steeljaw. And they were like, that was your second game? I was like, yeah, I mean, it, but I mean, I've played the Hunters before. But like, once you know the general thing, it's like, it's not, it's the the kind of patterns of play are kind of similar. So it's like, I'm just, I'm using different models, but like, I'm still doing the same thing with those, mo- just different models. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, for example, played Scalpel today. Um, and I haven't played Scalpel in month or two i guess or even mm-hmm. more and i know how the team works more or less um but i knew how uh, my opponent was he was playing a masons so i knew how they're uh, working so just need to look out for the uh, granite and brick and stuff like that so it's the same stuff as usual a bit different models and the game plan is more or less the same. Not to scrum with them, for example, look for goals if possible, and don't get into, don't get put in a scrum. So, yeah. nice. I think Excellent. it works for brewers, morticians, and alchemists the same way. For example. Mm-hmm. Nice, love it. Um, sorry, I I uh, am I was just slightly distracted by my dog coming in, coming up to me doing a nice cute stretch and then giving me a kiss and leaving the room. So, um, it was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. Um, all right. So we've talked about why, you know, kind of your prep and the switching guilds and and playing alchemists and all that, but I do want to tap into a little bit of your, 
Oh, that was actually sorry. I, I, that pun not not intended, but um, <laughs> tap into a little bit of your you know your brewer's knowledge. Um, and there's a term that's made it into the uh, Guild Ball lexicon, as it is the Guild Ball uh, you know uh, t- uh, speech that's uh, yeah. of taxiing. So one, uh, I'd love to hear your kind of brief explanation of of how you defined taxiing, uh, and then two. Well, I guess this is a two-part question here. Do you think that taxiing or that you know kind of stri- that tactic of taxiing is a kind of key aspect of the brewer's design that allows them to be uh, competitive at the high levels? And if not, are there any non-kind of taxiing-based game plans that you've had success with? Well, I remember in season three before Fetch for Decimate, mm-hmm. there was no option to make a taxi. Okay, what's a taxi? So a taxi is basically you go in with probably Decimate or you can do with Stokers to some extent and now with Quoth. You go into an enemy player, front start to push him towards your team and hopefully you can get back with second win. So you get a hostage for the, for the rest of the turn and some part of the next turn probably. You use him to generate momentum to try and control who goes first the next turn. And well, you basically just pull someone in with your player so the rest of the team can uh, will punish him with the rest of the influence on the table. And I think for Brewers, well, they used to play without it because there were, there were no tools to do that. So you, Brewers back then had to consider goal killed the ball on Friday back then and tried to force the enemy player to come to them. And right now we have decimate to do that, Stoke and Quaff. So you can do it like in a proactive way. You don't have to wait until the opponent scores a goal and gets aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I think the Brewers need that because they don't have the defensive stats to rush into the opponent because well against a brewer you can choose most almost every result on your playbook so you can push them around, dodge around them, knock them down. So you need to create a scrum uh, on your half of the pitch or at least on your terms. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you use the crowd outs to mm, reduce the effect of your bad stat lines. Mm, I think that's, I think it's needed to be competitive with Brewers because otherwise you just go in with trying to decimate you do some damage, which isn't remarkable because mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't do that much damage anymore. Yeah, and you just stay there and you get pummeled in, you get a lot of damage, a lot of momentum into her. Yeah, it doesn't work out. So, you need to force your need a way to force your opponent to come to you, mm-hmm. and you could or just to get aggressive in the game. So, you can do it by taking a hostage, taking the ball, killing the ball. Best case scenario, you use both of the tools, a taxi and killing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think you do, the brewers on some level do need it because they, yeah, they need to be able to threaten um, to reach out and, and do something to you that doesn't immediately <laughs> result in them dying. Um, one thing that I found was slightly success, that was, I had some success with that was kind of, it still involved kind of that taxiing strategy or at least threatening it was um and i remember this specifically against scalpel but it, it holds true for mo- most but not all teams is that sometimes with burrs you could afford to kind of do um 
a thing where, you know, I'm going to position a couple of my models in a spot where you can um, get to them with one of your models, but I'm also going to threaten you uh, to activate that model quickly rather than at the end of, you know, the turn where, cause if they just get a chance to like, Oh, you're giving me three of your models to go into. Great. I'll pick one. I'll go into it. I'll do damage to it. I'll kill it at the top of the turn and I'll run away. That would be easy. But if you make it so like, here are some models you can go into and you can go into them now or decimate is going to come into you or somebody else is going to come into you and is going to taxi you or you know bring you back into the team uh you you now have that choice and usually people will end up um most of the time i found people will end up going in uh and then you've now kind of initiated your scrum and you likely will end up losing especially when it's scalpel losing a player but uh in the you know as you've now kind of created a focal point for um the scrum and you know that's where brewers do really well and if they don't go in then you're kind of in the same spot you were um and then as you said it's like using the ball it's it's you know it's it's using the other resources yeah i think uh, taxi is less important when you play tapper he does mm-hmm. allow you to play a bit more aggressive play style yeah you don't need like a full on taxi like pushing someone eight inches back with decimate if you even get like for two, four inches of push, but into Tapper's threat range. Mm-hmm. Then he can go in, get a lot of damage, a lot of momentum, probably. And that also forces the opponent to start being active as well. Because, well, I had a few games with Tapper where I just got like four inches of push with decimating someone. Tapper went in, left someone on one HP. Mm-hmm. And the start of the next turn, Spigot goes in, takes the all out. Pops times code, and suddenly you've got like two or three brewers with plus the movement ready to go in. So, and when, when it's on the mid- in the middle of the pitch, that's basically your uh, deployment zone. <laughs> so, you need to start doing something because they will just like steamroll you, I yep. guess. Yep, yep, yep. Nice. Excellent. Um, so bringing us back to WTC, what are you most excited about for for the event? Uh, and while you can answer people, I'm going to make you be more specific. Yeah, I've got two reasons I'm excited about uh, WTC. The first one is the competitive level of play. Um, well, they're not, when you go to even a nationals event, if there are like 30, 40 people, you will get some gains if you are a player who is expecting to do very well at the nationals, like top five, let's say. Mm-hmm. You will get like two, maybe three difficult games, probably, because the first round, the first round is random. The second one is almost as random, because like half the people have one win. There might be some people less experienced you run into. Mm-hmm. The game is probably not like not enjoyable and not exciting, but you might end up playing with someone who will get caught with some standard play because they don't play against your team all, or they don't go to tournaments a lot. So, but the two or three games are probably very competitive. Mm-hmm. And at the WTC, I expect to have, well, I guess four or five games very competitive mm-hmm. because, well, it's nine people per country probably like nine of the best of them i was about to say it's not nine people from every country but yeah i got what you're saying only the teams that can bring nine (laughs) yeah six nine people let's say yeah yeah. 
So probably most of the game will be very competitive and there's a lot more pressure because if you lose here, you let down a, a couple of people, not just yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you try to do better than usually. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the WTC is the most competitive event there is because of the final results. When you go to a normal tournament, the placement after the first one, the first spot is sort of random. Yeah, you go like the 5-0, 4-1 tier, 3-2 tier, but within a 4-1 tier, the placements are basically random because it's on a strength of schedule. You have no control over that. So for one, you can be either the second on the tournament or the, or the sixth. And it sucks to lose, for example, the, the podium because some other people play against people who play against better people. There's, it's totally out of your control. Mm -hmm. And at the WTC, you've got like the, the wins, yep. then the wins per round. So I think that's basically the most competitive event Look at, when you look at the final step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely... How good everyone did, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely nice because it's about how yeah how many how many wins you had and you take all the all the things that yeah are out of your control and also that are not necessarily representative fully, although we it yeah. attempts to be of like the skill of the players that you play because I know for example, um, uh, oh what is it? There's one. There's you know there's certain countries that have um, lower rankings in general for their players despite being really good because of the fact that it can be hard to get um you know the kind of base level of of games against really high ranked players that you need to do well um you know in terms of ranking stuff like that so you might have someone you know for example i'm just going to take as an example spain who you know uh, i know that some of them do travel so maybe this isn't applicable to them but like you know if you're in a country uh, yeah, if you're in Spain and you're not necessarily traveling around and you're going to play good, play, there might be really good players in Spain, but if you're not going to make it to other places, uh, you're kind of limited um, in where your ranking's going to go, even if you do really well. So you have these people from these countries that may be, you know, who knows, the, you know, uh, better than bots. Uh, and we don't, we don't know it just because they haven't had, you know, the the kind of exposure that you know traveling gives you yeah uh, we experienced that, experience that in poland for example it, there are a couple of countries in europe where you can get to rating of 600 that's quite doable um you need about 20 30 games when most of them it should be around uh, 600 but to get past 620 for example it's very difficult so I managed to go past that, like last year, after I went to Spain and WTC, um, also to uh, Hungary. But before that, I was around 615 and stuff like that. So yeah, you need to travel to be at the very top at the long chance ranking. Um, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For sure. I, you know what? You just made me re remember. Oh, yay. After... Uh... <laughs> After, because so, this is actually this weekend last year, exact this sun, uh, Saturday and Sunday was the WTC last year. And I was just oh, looking yeah. at how terribly my ranking was going to fall after those games dropped off. But surprisingly, it does not. So I still have a little bit of time before my uh, exile uh, just kills all, all the games that I've made. So that's that's great. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Um, anyway. So, 
back to what we were talking about. Um, what do you think the Polish team's biggest strengths are? And then I want you to name at least one weakness. And if no, no fake like job interview style weaknesses, uh, you know, if you say we play too hard, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I think a uh, big strength of Poland is that we have very strong, well, I think we are very strong at Warsaw. It's three national champions and we travel a lot this, we travel a lot this year. So I think we know the game pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we play each other a lot. So it's com- even casual games in the week on the week are somewhat uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have a very small meta. It's about six, eight players in Warsaw. So we don't get to play all the guilds we want to try out. Mm-hmm. And to as much of an extent as we want to. Um, that was a problem for me because I didn't get to play uh, Morticians at all, basically, because I'm the only Mortician, well, somewhat Mortician player in Warsaw. Uh-huh. So I think like half of my losses in Nationals this were against Morticians. And each game taught me a new thing against them. But yeah, that's a weakness. We don't, we struggle to test out everything we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a limit of, of, again, like you said, only having six to eight people. You know, it's hard to play everything and play everything in the way that other people will be playing it and get experience with that, for sure. Okay. Yeah, what, exactly. what, are your, what are your three teams that are making the podium? You can okay, say yourself. No, no, I'm not going to say uh, my team, but um, in, with no particular order, you will say one. I strongly believe in the Polish team. Uh, well, it's hard not to go with USA 1 and Scotland 1, just looking at the rating and how the guys were performing this year. Mm-hmm. So I got USA 1, I heard Scotland 1. Did I miss the third team? Was yeah, that Poland? Poland, Poland. Poland. okay. Which yeah. Poland team, though? Which Poland, Poland 1, yeah. Oh, Poland 1, okay. Yeah, the national champion 1. Yeah. Gotcha. Three national champions. There you go, there you go. Nice. That is, yeah, that is a solid team for sure. Um, and then anything, anything else that you'd like to say? Any shout outs? Any, uh, any other? Oh, do you want to? You were telling me about the the name of the Polish team. Um, do you want to maybe? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the placeholder for now is Poland Chrzczewoszyca. Uh, good luck to anyone trying to say that again. Uh, as if I have something to say. Um, Possibly, okay, Dan Harwood, you promised me a coin or a widget at the Worlds 2018. I'm still waiting for it, if you're listening. And <laughs> other than that, I, I just can't wait to see everyone at WTC. It's going to be a great event. Yes, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm this as, as I've been saying through all these interviews, each time it makes me happy and it makes me sad. Um, but there's always, uh, there's always the next year. Uh, but yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm excited to see how, how alchemists work out for you. They're the, they're kind of the hot thing, um, right now with, uh, a lot of people playing them at WTC and just in, in general, uh, it seems like a lot of excitement. So should be fun. Yeah. Hope, 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 hope a lot of fun with them. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Thanks for having me. Cheers.